Welcome to the Wrap Yourself in Joy podcast. I'm Karen Dwyer, speaker, teacher, and author of four books on joy. If you are searching for more joy in your life, join me for about 15 minutes every week. It could change your life. My newest series is called Nehemiah and Rebuilding Hope. It's based on my book, Nehemiah, Rebuilding Hope and Joy in Your Life. It has an imprimatur and a built-in study guide. Today, I'm inviting you to join a Cup of Joy women's group. You can invite a few friends to join you in listening to the podcast, then meet over coffee each week to go through the study questions. For more information, go to wrapyourselfinjoy.com and look for Cup of Joy Women. The podcast is brought to you by the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. Please subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. Hello, welcome to Wrap Yourself in Joy. I'm Karen Dwyer, and you're listening to podcast number five of the Nehemiah Rebuilding Hope series. It's based on my book, Nehemiah Rebuilding Hope and Joy in Your Life. Today, the podcast on chapter four of Nehemiah is entitled Facing Opposition. Nehemiah shows you the best approach for success. In our last episode, Family by Family and Household by Household and Brick by Brick, the people started to repair the walls and rebuild the gates. They worked side by side beyond their own giftedness and vocations to do God's work and to repair the walls and gates of their holy city. They were making great progress, but of course, the enemies came to stop the work. They faced criticism, ridicule, name-calling, and a constant barrage of insults. This can happen to any of us. So today, Nehemiah shows us the best approach to overcome opposition, criticism, and accusations from others. Let's read Nehemiah 4, 1 through 6. Now, when Sanballat heard that we were building the wall, he was angry and greatly enraged, and he mocked the Jews. He said in the presence of his associates and the army of Samaria, What are these feeble Jews doing? Will they restore things? Will they sacrifice? Will they finish it in one day? Will they revive the stones out of the heaps of rubbish? Tobiah the Ammonite was beside him, and he said, That stone wall they are building, any fox going up on it would break it down. Hear, O our God, for we are despised. Turn their taunt back on their own heads and give them over as plunder in a land of captivity. Do not cover their guilt and do not let their sin be blotted out from your sight, for they have hurled insults in the face of the builders. So we rebuilt the wall, and all the wall was joined together to half its height, and the people had a mind to work. Wow, in these first six verses of chapter 4 of the book of Nehemiah, we see how the enemies were angered at the rebuilding and heckled the builders. Sanballat and Tobiah mocked the people and told them how hopeless it was because they used stones that had been burned and cracked and crumbled by fire. They even asked, will they sacrifice or finish in a day? Which means, will they call upon their God? And could God even help them build anything in a short time? The builders already realized the project was daunting. Criticism, criticism, criticism. Sounds just like the devil, doesn't it? He loves to taunt us with half-truths, discouragement, ridicule, and oppression to keep us from moving on or working together or listening to the Holy Spirit. In this case, the enemies didn't realize that the project was God's project. 
They were God's walls. They were God's gates. The people were doing God's work, and they did not need the troubling criticism. In John 14, 27, Jesus says this to us, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give you as the world gives you. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not let them be afraid. But in this case, the people became afraid. The people were troubled at the words of the opposition. Nehemiah did not return insults for insults. Instead, he immediately responded with prayer, likely aloud. Hear, O God, for we are despised. Turn their taunt back on their own heads and give them over as plunder in a land of captivity, for they have hurled insults in the face of the builders. The prayer seems a bit harsh, but Nehemiah was communicating to these opponents that they will face God, and what they say will come back to them. Actually, he was praying with the scripture of Jeremiah 18.23, which says, Yet now, O Lord, know all their plotting. Let them be tripped up before you. In other words, don't let them be successful at taunting us or capturing us or hurting us. And God did strengthen the builders, and he gave them determination. As verse 6 says, So we rebuilt the wall, and all the wall was joined together to half its height, for the people had a mind to work. That's determination. Let's keep reading the next couple of verses. But when Sanballat and Tobiah and the Arabs and the Ammonites and the Ashdodites heard that the repairing of the walls of Jerusalem was going forward and the gaps were beginning to be closed, they were very angry. And they all plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and to cause confusion in it. So we prayed to our God and we set a guard as a protection against them day and night. Again, we see Nehemiah's response to opposition and to the opponent's anger. It's prayer. Next, they acted by setting up a guard of protection around the clock to keep the enemy's efforts from succeeding. Let's continue reading some of the excerpts from Nehemiah 4, 10 through 20. But Judah said, The strength of the burden bearers is failing, and there is too much rubbish so that we are unable to work on the wall. When the Jews who lived near them came, they said to us ten times, From all the places where they live, they will come upon us, they will come against us. So in the lowest parts of the space, behind the wall, in open places, I stationed the people according to their families with their swords, their spears, and their bows. After I looked these things over, I stood up and said to the nobles and the officials and the rest of the people, Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome, and fight for your kin, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. When our enemies heard that our plot was known to us and that God had frustrated it, we all returned to the wall and each to his work. From that day on, half of my servants worked on construction and half held the spears, the shields, the bows, and the bodyguard. And each of the builders had his sword strapped at his side while he built. The man who sounded the trumpet was beside me, and I said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, The work is great and widely spread out and we are separated far from one another on the wall. Rally to us wherever you hear the sound of the trumpet. Our God will fight for us. 
In this passage, we clearly see Nehemiah's three-pronged approach to fight the opposition, the discouragement, and the lies of the enemy. Pray first, declare God's truth, and work heartily together with a sword in one hand and a tool for building in the other hand. After they prayed, Nehemiah declared the truth of God's faithfulness. When the people shared their fear and discouragement, he said, Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your kin, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. Then Nehemiah helped the people act further, instructing all the builders to work with one hand and a sword in the other while they worked from dawn until the stars came out. He further rallied all the people by saying, Whenever you hear the sound of the trumpet, our God will fight for us. So let's finish reading the last three verses of Nehemiah 4. So we labored at the work, and half of them held the spears from break of dawn until the stars came out. I also said to the people at that time, Let every man and his servant pass the night inside Jerusalem, so they may be a guard for us by night and may labor by day. So neither I, nor the brothers, nor the servants, nor the men of the guard who followed me ever took off their clothes. Each kept his weapon at his right hand. Nehemiah offers us a clear example for moving from discouragement and feeling ridiculed to encouragement and working diligently when facing opposition or difficulties. For Christians, we must join together by praying together, declaring God's truths to each other, and working together, often fighting the enemy of our souls together. Remember, God can use cracked, worn-out tools tools that are broken, tools that were burned when we commit our work to Him and remind ourselves that God is our Heavenly Father and He is with us. Well, let's close with reflection on the principles that apply to our lives from Nehemiah chapter 4. When Nehemiah set out to repair the physical walls and rebuild the gates, he was also rebuilding spiritual gates and spiritual walls. As we study Nehemiah, we can ask God, where the broken gates are in our own lives, spiritual or otherwise. We can ask God, what weapons can we use to stand strong and rebuild the brokenness? We can follow Nehemiah's example in overcoming the opposition. Nehemiah gives us a simple model to remember in opposition and criticism. One, pray. Two, declare the truth of God's word instead of believing lies. And three, work together with a sword of the Spirit, the Word of God and our contribution to the work in the other hand. Ephesians 6, 13 through 14 and 17 through 18 says, Therefore put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything to stand, you stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. Take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all of God's people. So, number one, always pray first when you face opposition. Nehemiah 4.14 is an example of a way that we can pray with Scripture. You can take Nehemiah 4.14 and simply assert your name for the I or the my, and simply insert the names of your friends and family members in the places of kin, sons, daughters, etc. Two, declare the Lord is with you and fighting for you. My God will fight for my family members, my community, my friends, my neighborhood, my city, my country. 
choose to declare it every day. Romans 8.31, if God is for us, who is against us? Or Isaiah 41.10, I will not be afraid, for God is with me. And three, join together with other Christians. Ask a friend to pray with you this week and for your needs and for more joy. And you pray the same for them. Remember the ACTS acronym to intercede for their needs. Adore God and praise His greatness. Confess your sins and those of your nation and family. Thank God for His blessings and promises. And supplicate with intensity and confidence for what you need and for what others need, using scriptures when possible. Be sure to end your prayer time by sitting in silence and receiving God's love and joy for you. Well, that's it for today's podcast, and I'm so happy you've joined our Nehemiah Rebuilding Hope podcast series. You can find bookmarks for my series on the website wrapyourselfinjoy.com or follow along with my book, Nehemiah Rebuilding Hope and Joy in Your Life. For more information on starting a Cup of Joy Women's group to accompany this podcast, go to my website and click under the menu tab, Cup of Joy. I will send you all the free materials you need to get you started. Until next week, please know I am praying for you that you will grow in hope and joy as we study Nehemiah together. Thanks for joining me today. Please visit me on my website, wrapyourselfinjoy.com, where you can learn more about my books, download free bookmarks, and connect with me. Please follow me on your favorite podcast app and invite a friend to join you too. You can download the show notes from today at wrapyourselfinjoypodcast.com. Until next week, this is your friend, Karen Dwyer, reminding you to wrap yourself in joy. Mm-hmm.